Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Unruffled ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Strained peas and carrots, chicken fingers, or mac and cheese, they're convenient for your kids and yummy, I'm sure. But at the end of a hectic day, you deserve to reward yourself with something delicious and nutritious. I know you're thinking, lovely idea, but who has the time or energy to cook? I get that. With Factor, that's F-A-C-T-O-R, you get restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prep, no cooking, and no cleanup. Always fresh, never frozen. There are over 35 options each week to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, and more. They even have smoothies, wellness shots, and nutritious snacks. Plus, Factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So sign up, save, and treat yourself to the fine cuisine you deserve. Head to factormeals.com slash unruffled50 and use code unruffled50 to get 50% off. That's code unruffled50 at factormeals.com slash unruffled50 to get 50% off. Bon appetit. Like a lot of people, I grew up loving music from classic Disney films. In fact, my sisters and I used to perform plays for the neighborhood that were basically just us lip-syncing to Disney movie soundtracks. And when I was raising my own kids, I found that music could be a wonderful cure for afternoon doldrums, interactive entertainment for car rides, or whenever I had work to do. One of my kids even learned to read from following along on songbooks. When the music was on, I'd usually find myself dancing away, singing along, and sometimes we'd all break into a goofy, impromptu dance party. Disney Junior Hits is the official music playlist for songs from your favorite Disney Junior shows, and now it's easier than ever to access them. Just search for Disney Junior Hits, available wherever you stream your music. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury. Welcome to Unruffled. Today I'm going to be sharing a note I received from a parent, the subject line, immediate success. And she details what she did to break out of this pattern that she was in that wasn't working. She was doing all kinds of things as a parent that she doesn't believe in, that she didn't want to do. Feeling angry, she says, I defaulted to anger and to what I'd seen my parents do. And then she made a shift, which she talks about. Now her children are telling her they love her and she's feeling worlds better about their relationship, herself as a parent, and their days. So I'm excited to share this note with you and also offer some commentary on why I think what she did is helping. And the reason I thought this would be a wonderful thing to share today on my podcast is that I'm often offering examples of what to do differently, but to actually hear from a parent what she did differently is, I think, much more powerful and will be much more helpful to you. So here's the note I received. Dear Janet, first off, I just have to say, wow, thank you. I'm not normally inclined to leave feedback either positive or negative on things. However, I just had to let you know the impact you have had on my four-year-old, two-year-old, and 11-month-old, and me, this last week. I will never go back to the way it was before. Here's the story. I had listened to some of your podcasts and read some of your blogs before my first was born. I remember thinking how great it sounded to parent with this style and wanted to implement it. I did, of course, do things, as you and others recommend, throughout the beginnings of my daughter's early life without much effort. 
telling her I needed to change her diaper before doing so, giving her a heads up on things to prepare her for transitions, etc. And it was pretty easy going for a while. I had friends comment on how patient I was and how amazing I was as a mother. It felt really good to hear those things because I had no experience with children prior to having one. So I was worried I would be a terrible mother. Then I got pregnant with my second. My daughter was about 10 months old at the time. Things were still going pretty well until she was about 16 to 18 months old. She started throwing tantrums and exhibiting behavior that people would call the terrible twos. And I began to worry because she wasn't even two yet. Why is she having such strong feelings already? I really struggled with this because I have a pretty flat affect and I was the good kid in my family because I saw with my older sister what happened if you didn't toe the line. Don't get me wrong about my parents. My sister was a hellion and I just wanted nothing to do with it. I had a very loving home and my parents are my best friends and I want that so badly for my children to have that kind of strong relationship with my husband and I. Fast forward to the present and the situation that brings me to this email. I now have baby three, which will be turning one next month, and your teachings had all but gone out the window due to the stress of strong emotions from my toddlers. Fighting between the two toddlers, my son not being nice to his baby brother and saying that he doesn't like him, tantrum, screaming, hitting, throwing, and everything in between. I have spent so much time in the last four years being so much angrier than I ever wanted to be as a mother. I defaulted to that. I defaulted to what I had seen my parents do. I had tried timeouts, spanking, and on a number of occasions, yelled to where the crying and screaming that set me over the edge went up to a higher decibel of noise. I couldn't handle it anymore. I felt terrible and thought terrible things about the fact I had these three beautiful children, but I hated my life. I was in the military for 15 years. I went to Iraq and Afghanistan four times, lost friends, been blown up, can't hear very well, and I wanted that life back. That life was easy. Being a mom is hard. Last week, as I was driving home with my children asleep in the car after a visit to my parents' house that didn't go very well, I thought, enough is enough. This isn't working. By the grace of God, I remembered Unruffled and immediately started devouring the podcasts on the drive home. It all started coming back to me on what to do. So as I got them in the house and put them in their beds asleep, I knew I would give your way a shot starting fresh in the morning. It has been a life-changing difference in just one week. Sure, there are still sibling infighting going on, some mild tantrums here and there, and my son still likes to pick on his baby brother, but everything has just been so much calmer and happier in the house, especially me. I have been happy. The toddlers have been saying, I love you, so many times throughout the day that I know they can feel how much different it is in the house. I'm here for them, and I'm on their side now. The biggest testament to the success of the switch was on Sunday. We go to a traditional Latin Mass Catholic church that is an hour away from our house. Sundays are so hard. I don't think I've been able to pay attention in church since my daughter became mobile, and then it has gone progressively downhill since then. I knew that Sunday was going to be the test to see how much this has helped. It was a miracle. Sure, I still didn't get to pay attention in church. I was still having to manage the children by giving them snacks, making sure they were staying in the pew, and doing stuff all parents have to do in church to keep the peace. 
But it wasn't an absolute fight. I wasn't angry with anyone. It was just calm direction. I can't even describe properly the change that has come to our family without writing a novella to you about the last seven days. Bless you and all that you do to save us parents from ourselves and help us to be the best we can for our children. So here's what I wrote back to her. I basically wrote back that I do want the novella. I said, this news is so wonderful to hear. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to share with me. I'm wondering if you'd like to share more about what you're focusing on or doing, what shifts you've made specifically that are helping you. But no worries at all if you're too busy. If you were open to allowing me to share your story anonymously, it can sometimes help parents a lot to hear how others are using this approach and making positive shifts. Please know that either way, I'm so grateful to you for making my day, or month rather. And she wrote back to me that she'd be happy to do that, but not right now. She was too busy. And then eventually she wrote, Dear Janet, sorry for the delay in response. Some of the shifts that I've made with my toddlers. One, instead of saying things like, knock it off, don't hit so-and-so, don't take that toy from the baby, and other such demands, I've really worked on rephrasing it to things like, hmm, seems you really want that toy. I won't let you hit so-and-so. Wow, seems like you're really upset. And it's really helped me diffuse the situation before I get angry. Two, another example that had just happened this morning with my 11-month-old. I'm guilty of doing whatever it takes to stop babies from crying. That normally means picking them up and holding them, nursing, changing diapers, etc. Mostly picking them up and holding them if I know they don't have other immediate needs. This morning I was trying to do something in the kitchen and my son was playing with a couple of trucks when all of a sudden he started crying. Normally I would pick him up, but instead I looked at him and said, I hear you, what is it that you need from me? I sat down on the floor with him and waited. He crawled over and handed me a truck. I said, oh, you didn't want to be picked up. You wanted me to play with trucks with you. I'll try to be better about responding to your needs in the future. We sat on the floor and played trucks for quite a while. Three, another example this morning with my toddlers. They were scratching each other, leaving really bad scratches, something they had never done before. I tried things like, it seems you really want to scratch. I can't let you scratch your brother. Then time would pass and another scratch would occur. Finally, feeling a bit defeated, but determined to avoid my old ways, when my four-year-old daughter asked to be on my lap, I talked with her. It really seems like you want to scratch your brother. I don't understand what's going on. Can you maybe tell me about it? This is where I figured she wouldn't really have the words to explain anything, but I was open to whatever came next. She said, yeah, there's a lot of snow outside and we're inside. That is why I've been scratching. My response? Wow, thank you for telling me. I'm sorry I didn't understand what was going on earlier. Let's get all our snow clothes on and go outside and play while the baby's taking a nap. When he wakes up, we'll come inside. So let's be quiet and hurry up and get ready so we can play longer. Immediately, the shift in attitude was clear and happy again. Phew! It has been an amazing shift in the household ever since I have adopted this approach. I'm more open and honest with them about stuff too, thinking that maybe they can handle my emotions too. For example, I need you and your brother to go play in the living room while I finish making dinner. I'm getting really frustrated with you guys, leaving toys right here that I end up tripping on. Sure, there's probably a better way to go about that, but it's better I get it out that way than letting my feelings escalate to where I yell at somebody or something. There have been many instances prior to this switch in approach where my son or daughter would say, Dear God, make Ayati happy. Amen. Ayati is the Finnish word for mother. 
And it just breaks my heart that these little people are trying to pray away my frustration. Since taking on this approach, they haven't said that once. Instead, there have been so many more hugs and them telling me they love me. I know I have a long way to go. There are a lot of times that I'm not sure exactly what I should say in the moment. It will get easier with time, I'm sure. Eternally grateful. I have great memories of Easter with my family. There were elaborate festive meals, coloring eggs, baskets of goodies nestled in that green plastic grass, elaborate hunts for treats, stuffed animals, and plastic eggs filled with little surprises. It was great fun and a great deal of work, especially for my mother. And inevitably, we'd forget something crucial or we'd have unexpected guests. These days, DoorDash has you covered. DoorDash has everything you need for Easter all in one app. Brunch or dinner groceries, flowers, basket, making materials, eggs, of course, food coloring, basically everything you need for a fantastic Easter, all delivered right to your door. Use code UNRUFFLED to get 50% off up to $10 when you spend $15 or more on your next convenience, grocery, or retail order on DoorDash. That's promo code UNRUFFLED. Order using DoorDash today. Term supply. By now, you know Ritual is a vitamin brand my family actually uses and trusts. We have for years. Most women have nutritional gaps in our diets. For instance, 97% of women ages 19 to 50 don't get enough vitamin D. I used to be in that group. Not anymore. Ritual's essential for women 18 plus multivitamin has made all the difference. Ritual multivitamins are soy and gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and made with high-quality, traceable ingredients. And no shady additives. With Ritual, you know what you're putting in your body. It's right there on the label. And if you like to do your own research... You can visit their website and find out how the ingredients are sourced, where, and why they're important. That's transparency. So when it comes to your vitamins, no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com respect. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com respect for 25% off. So uh, one thing that seems amazing to me just off the bat is that this parent was able to make a shift so quickly because that can be hard to do, right? We get set in our ways. Our children get set in theirs. And even if we have an idea what we might try to do differently, it's hard to really keep the focus on doing that, right? So kudos to this parent for so many things and especially for sharing all of this so that I could share it with you. And now I want to suggest three things that are definitely all related that I notice that she's doing differently that are helping her to make this shift. First, she's seeing beyond the behavior. She's noticing. She's seeing in. It can be so challenging to see past those icky behaviors our children are showing us, right? We just want to snap back or say, stop doing that. What are you doing? Cut it out. But the problem with that is it keeps us stuck on that level with our children and can create more and more distance between us and more discomfort for everybody, which means more behaviors like these. When we see beyond to the cause of the behavior and consider the why, we get ourselves unstuck from that judging, correcting place that's on the surface. That's how we make a difference. And... With this parent, she said, instead of saying things like, knock it off, don't hit so-and-so, 
don't take that toy from the baby and other such demands, I've really worked on rephrasing it to things like, hmm, seems like you really want that toy. I won't let you hit so-and-so. Wow, seems like you're really upset. And it's helped me to diffuse the situation before I get angry. So she talks about this as rephrasing, which is definitely what she's doing. But, but what she's also really doing is speaking from a place that represents a mind shift in her and in her perception in the way that she's seeing her child. She's shifting to a place in what she's saying to being open to the feelings, to the point of view of the child, and by doing so, dealing with the behavior at the source, at the cause level. And that is the only real way to solve or change any dynamic that's going on with our children and us. And what happens if we work on making this shift at the perception level of what behavior really signifies and what our role is in stopping the behavior, if we want to look at it that way, or certainly like changing the dynamic, that will free us from this need to have to feel like we're searching for words and rephrasing. Though sometimes it does help to start the way this parent explains that she is, although I think she's doing more than rephrasing here. I think she is changing her perspective. But when we shift our perspective or to even go a little in that direction, the words come to us naturally. So that's a direction to keep going in. And it's okay to go from the outside in with words, but the real change and the most effective change will come when we keep working on that perspective which is what I talk about all the time in this podcast. So the second response that she's offering here that's helpful is actually wanting them to express their feelings, to share those feelings however they can, and acknowledging them. And this is also something you hear me speak about all the time on this podcast. The reason I do so is that it's countercultural, it's counterintuitive for us to do this. As she said, another example that just happened this morning with my 11-month-old, I'm guilty of doing whatever it takes to stop babies from crying. So I don't see this as any reason to feel guilty, but that is a pattern that a lot of us are encouraged to start with babies, that they are somehow this sort of slightly different species where, or this different stage of life where their crying just needs to be stopped. And all of it is expressing a need for the parent to do something other than listen. And while that is true a lot of the time with babies, it could be this automatic response that we give. There are times when they really just need to share. I've seen this in my classes. This new person came in the room. I don't know this person. Another parent coming in the class, let's say, a new parent that they haven't been exposed to before. And they're coming and sitting near me, and I feel their energy. Some children are very sensitive to that. Or, I'm overstimulated. It's all too much. Everybody was talking, or we went out to a restaurant or to a market. Babies are very sensitive to that. So there are reasons that they cry other than, I need something right now. And yes, they do need something, but sometimes what they need is just to share that, to discharge it, to unpack it with us. And if we can start seeing babies that way, it will help us to make a seamless transition or a more seamless transition, at least, to the toddler years when there are tantrums and meltdowns and whining and all kinds of expressions that children 
just need to share without us jumping to fix them. There's nothing wrong with picking up a baby, for sure, or picking up a child of any age. But as this parent realizes, that's not always the answer. And having that mentality that we're supposed to do that can make it harder to adjust and not be this fixer. And the fixer of feelings is going to get worn out with a toddler, for sure, especially toddlers that are a little dysregulated like these seem to be, you know, with all the transitions in their lives and maybe absorbing the feelings, the anger that the parent has had. That's normal to do. Children absorb it. Then they vent it out in all these different ways. So ideally, they need to be allowed to, right? The feelings right from the beginning, right from our baby's birth, the feelings are healing. And also often the key to all these behaviors that are going on with our child on the outside, the ones that we want to get mad about, right? I mean, it's normal too. Those feelings are what's driving the behavior. And the ability to reason, which young children have, babies have, it often takes a back seat or it doesn't come along at all when there are feelings. So letting feelings be, welcoming them, rolling out the red carpet. You've heard me say all these things. Yes, it's hard to let children have their feelings. We all want to fix them as soon as possible. And this is especially common, even often advised with babies. Just pick them up. And one of the problems with that, besides that it's not encouraging our child to communicate nuances to us, is that we're perceiving all their crying in a kind of black and white manner as one note. And also, again, encourages these reflexive habits in us. It's harder to try to make a transition than it is to work on perceiving feelings as nuanced communication from our baby's birth. Wanting to know what they're saying, being attuned, wanting to understand so that we can respond accurately. This is the beginning of developing an attuned relationship with our children. Acknowledging, it doesn't mean giving in to what our child wants in that moment. And one little note for this parent, I would only want to encourage her, but also add that as she gains confidence in the benefit of her children expressing the feelings, how healthy this is, even when it sounds really bad to us, she'll be able to brave the next step, which is not trying to fix them another way by giving our child exactly what they say they want in that moment, if that's not convenient for us if that's not what we want to do. Because that's not always going to be possible or sustainable. Maybe we don't want to play with trucks at that moment. That's valid. And it's not as positive for us with our child to do things for them just to please them. It's a quick way to depletion, to resentment, to more frustration, and less practice getting somewhat comfortable, because we're never going to be super comfortable being in disagreement with our child, having them be mad at us, disappointed in us, frustrated because of us, or even just frustrated if it isn't because of us, to allow that to to be. We all need practice with that. Again, because it's countercultural, counterintuitive, the hardest thing that we do as parents. But this is really what's helped her to make the shift. And now I think she's going to be ready soon to take it even further to, oh, I don't have to please my child after they've communicated to me either. Just that communication and me accepting it and acknowledging it has a bonding effect, is giving my child what they need. They don't need me to say yes all the time. What they need is for me to be honest, actually. 
and say yes only if I really feel yes from a place of genuinely wanting to do it, not yes, because I can please you and I, I will. Okay, so now the, the third thing, again, these are all very interrelated, as you can tell. From this open, accepting, non-judgmental, undemanding place this parent has found, explore. The example she uses is another example this morning with my toddlers. They were scratching each other, leaving really bad scratches, something they had never done before. I tried things like, it seems you really want to scratch. I can't let you scratch your brother. Then time would pass and another scratch would occur. Finally, feeling a bit defeated but determined to avoid my old ways, when my four-year-old daughter asked to be on my lap, I talked with her. It really seems like you want to scratch your brother. I don't understand what's going on. Can you maybe tell me about it? This is where I figured she wouldn't really have the words to explain anything, but I was open to whatever came next. And she said, yeah, there's a lot of snow outside and we're inside. That's why I've been scratching. So from an open, non-judgmental place, this parent wants to understand. She's going beyond the behavior, seeing the communication, that there's something here that's being said. So this open, accepting, non-judgmental part is really important because it isn't going to be helpful. It's not going to work if we say this differently, like, why are you doing that with judgment? So we have to work on one and two first, one being seeing beyond the behavior, and two, wanting children to express their feelings and point of view, to share them however they can. So those two elements have to be part of us exploring, or else it's not exploring. It's, it's criticizing, shaming, lashing out at all those things that can be reflexive for us to do, but they don't help, as this parent has noticed. What she's doing does. And I love that she said, this is where I figured she wouldn't really have the words to explain anything, but I was open. She was open, and children surprise us when we're open to them, when we believe that they probably know more than we think they know, that they probably do understand way more than they can say. And in this case, she was able to express it too, beautifully, actually. So that right there is the response, what this parent did. Here again, I just want to lovingly caution this parent that her relief in making her child happy with the snow, going out and playing in the snow, it's a little bit part of what she mentioned earlier about doing whatever it takes to stop her babies from crying. I don't think she should feel guilty about that, but it's something to look at because she does that with this outdoor play and with playing with the trucks. So that's where I recommend she keeps heading in that direction into normalizing all the strong disappointments that her children need to express in a day. And in times like these, especially as the, the parent has shifted some things in only a week, there's going to be some carryover that children need to vent from this change, even though it's such a positive change, right? But still, their feelings, their feelings about every kind of change. So all the more reason for this parent to trust herself and what she really wants to do and that the feelings are the healing and it's not up to her to stop the crying. Often we will disappoint children in the moment by giving them what they need in the bigger picture, a safe place to vent and to feel accepted. It's an opportunity if we look at it that way. I love how this parent shares her process and the way she frames it that she's starting with changing the words 
at the same time, it really does seem that rephrasing is helping her to understand and feel this new perspective. And to answer what she says at the end, I know I have a long way to go. There are a lot of times that I'm not sure exactly what I should say in the moment. It will get easier with time, I'm sure. I want to say, yes, it will get easier. And she will know what to say if she keeps practicing wearing this lens with those three elements, this relationship lens. It's a relationship between two whole people who both have needs and wants, one of whom is much newer to the world and more open and easily overwhelmed by their emotions and expresses them impulsively. So these are not two people on an even plane in terms of ability and maturity, far from it. And that's why they need us so much to see them, to help them express all their feelings in safe ways, to show them through these opportunities what an unconditionally loving, respectful relationship between two people with sometimes opposing wants looks like. And it doesn't unfortunately look like pleasing our child at our own expense. We matter too. Our child needs us too, even when we're displeasing them. I promise this parent and everyone listening that with practice, this will become our lens and guide us throughout our children's lives. Once it sticks, we never lose it. Sure, we might get sidetracked by our own feelings and stress levels and priorities for a while, but we can always readily find our way back. We can do this. And I have one more thing to share with you. If you're sometimes confused or aggravated by your toddler's behavior and you find yourself pleading, manipulating, or bribing, threatening, or punishing your child, it doesn't feel good, right? May you end up yelling and then feeling guilty or just breaking down in frustration. I get it. If you want to learn how to remain more calm and present, not faking it, but feeling it, even during your child's most difficult behaviors, the No Bad Kids Master Course is for you. If you're exhausted by all the parenting tips and tricks and quick fixes, and you want a more fulfilling, effective way to relate to your child, this course is definitely for you. And if you want to build a lifelong bond with your child based on love and mutual respect, if you want to learn to really enjoy and take pride in your parenting, let's go. I promise you, we can do this. Go to NoBadKidsCourse.com. If you like Unruffled, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths. And where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know.